Welcome to another edition of the Dave Pash Podcast. We are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. One team left standing. The Arizona Cardinals, the only unbeaten remaining in the NFL at 4-0. When the Cardinals beat the Titans, I said at the time, that's a snapshot of what the Cardinals can become. What happened on Sunday against the Rams? Maybe that's what the Cardinals are. We're certainly going to find out more this weekend against the 49ers. Our guest today is comedian Frank Caliendo. A.J. Green into the end zone for the touchdown. A.J. Green just too strong. Put it out there. <laughs> Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. <laughs> Frank has a unique bond with the Cardinals. We're going to get into that. But of course, we are going to span the globe of impressions ranging from Jack Nicholson, Charles Barkley, Morgan Freeman, Liam Neeson, Bill Walton, and Ron Wolfley. So let's get right into it. Here's Frank Caliendo on the Dave Pash Podcast. Basinonians. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for the Pash Pod? What they should have called it is the Passion Pod. Dave's Passion Project. That's what it should have been called. Are you talking to me? I don't even let you start the intro we're, to your own show. We're off the rails. And yeah. we've, we just started. Just like one of your broadcasts with either of your partners. Yes, I know. It is this. I should have known this was coming. Do they ever do that? Do they? I am interviewing you on your podcast. <laughs> do they ever... Do the guys... Because they don't... They're professional enough, not like me, but they'll they don't start being themselves until they let you set things up. Is that for the most part? Uh Wolf True. Yes, Bill is Bill. I mean you've been around Bill, you've known Bill forever. He's like that off the air as well as on. Yeah. But I just I, I yeah, because it feels like they don't they don't mess with you and make your life difficult. Until, did you draw a really short straw? Is that what happened? Is that in in your broadcast career? They were like, Pash can handle it. I, I think with Bill, definitely. I don't know Wolf. Like I didn't know what I was getting into with Wolf. I knew he was unique. Mm -hmm. Bill, I kind of knew because I actually did some NBA games with Bill my first year on the NBA in 2006, he still, to this day, does not remember that. He claims, I, I don't was remember that. Was that at ESPN? It was at ESPN. And I don't, Bill wasn't, like, as crazy then. He was still different. Like, we grew up watching him on NBC with right. Snapper, him and Snapper Jones going yeah. at it. And my friend Tom Tolbert used to work with him, too. Yeah, Tolbert. I worked with Tolbert, too, that oh, okay. first year. And Tolbert and Bill were both, you know, T Tolbert's interesting, too. Yeah. He's not as wild as Bill. Right, there's no end to no. it. Yeah, no, he's, he's, like, halfway to, but the thing... Tolbert, Tom Tolbert, for people who don't know, about six seven, played what with Charlotte? Is that where he played? Played at U of A in college and right. played the he, NBA for a while. Yeah, and uh, just a banger, just a banger down low. Oh, I'm, I, now I'm stuck in Wolf trying to do Walden. How great is that? Bring it back. Enjoy who I am. <laughs> Figure it out. Enjoy as the Earth rotates on its axis. But he was the one who got me saying, "Oh, Detlef Shrimp," <laughs> like he would be talking about you know the, the John Stockton. And Carl Malone could be on the court, and he'd be like, "Howard Isley is the best <laughs> player on the court right now." Like you're going, "What are you talking about?" Oh yeah, when he's, he compares, he'll take like just a random player and say, "That's that's Isaiah Thomas, that's Magic Johnson." <laughs> you know, just I think one time he said, "Bill, uh, he's on the bench right now." I know. Uh, Eric Pietkowski, he said, should replace Jerry West as the logo. <laughs> he said that one time. Um, well, I want to get Frank into okay, all of this. 
But I yeah. did, let's start because okay. you live, not only do you live in Arizona, I'm not going to give out your address, but you live very close to yeah. the Cardinals facility, and you've been connected to the team for a while. So give me your thoughts first and foremost on 4-0. Uh, I'm cautious. I'm cautious with everything because I'm also, you know, John Gruden, who's a friend of mine, has become a pretty close friend of mine with the Raiders. And uh, you know, tell you what, man, it was a tremendous loss last night. We got a good what you call a moral victory. <laughs> no such. I was thinking about sending something to to uh, Derek Carr because I, te- I I didn't text him any motivation this week, but usually I'll send him something like Derek. Do something good this week, man. And I didn't do something. Does he enjoy that? Does he? Uh, he's never texted back. Oh, so no, he right. <laughs> no, he's great. I actually said, "I'm sorry, I keep bothering you with this stuff." He's no, he's like, "No, keep it coming." It's but, actually working. Yeah, so that's well, the reason well, they were three and zero. Yeah, it might might have been. Saying. That's what I was saying. And then they lost. <laughs> but Derek Carr and Gruden. That goes back to, and I'm just telling you this to to talk about how to get into the Cardinals thing. But that goes back to. The first time I ever met, or, or not met John, but the first time I ever did Gruden makeup with Gruden was at quarterback camp in Florida, and Derek Carr was the QB one that week or whatever. Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, it was his birthday too. So we were singing happy birthday, man, blowing out the candles for young Derek Carr, man. What a great, I did a speaking engagement with Derek Carr when he was at Fresno State. Okay. What a great. Guy. Oh, super, like, super, gr- incredibly. You see why people follow him incredibly, greatly. Incredibly, incredibly nice. Yeah, and people who say he's not a good leader don't know anything about him. He's yeah. just quiet to the press. Yep, he's just a, a different. Type. So as far as uh, with the Cardinals, what happened there was uh, uh, there's a broadcaster who also works NFL Network now, Lance Zerline, in uh, in Houston, and his dad coached the line uh, here with the Cardinals. Larry Zerline, and he said, hey, do you want to, you know, Steve Kime's a fan of yours. And I'd forgotten, Kime had gone to see me in North Carolina at a place called Charlie Goodnights in Raleigh. And I didn't even remember all this, but um, they they invited me out to come, you know, take a look at the, uh, you know, just hang out for a few minutes or something like that. And I did and watched that, bring my son, whatever. Um, And then when they were doing, what was the Amazon show called? Uh, All or nothing. All or nothing. Yes. And I didn't have a BA impression. I had nothing, but I just had a hat. I got a hat when I got here, and I threw on a pair of glasses, and I just started swearing. <laughs> uh, so I, st- I was doing Gruden and stuff like that. He was still in broadcasting at the time. I go up there, I talk to the team, and it's going pretty well. But then I put the, can I swear on this, or do you bleep it out, or what do you do on your podcast? Because <laughs> so, uh, I don't normally swear that much, but I just wanted you to we'll, we'll We'll bleep it out so, if we have to. Uh, so I put on the hat. I put on the glasses, and because it was B.A., I just got up there, I put it on, and I looked at the team, and I went, what the f*** were you guys doing out there, man? That was the worst bunch of shit I've ever seen in my entire life. Get 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 your heads in the game, man. And the I didn't even really have that much of the impression, but just the look, and Larry stood up, Fitzgerald, and everybody was like a standing ovation. They went crazy. <laughs> You know, and and since then, you know, you never know when something like that's gonna, you know, work or not. It's tough when you go to. People think that because you do comedy and they see you do it on TV or they hear you on a podcast or something like that they think you can just do it anywhere. You go to an NFL locker room, that's totally different. You're not part of the group. You're not part of the team. It's a little bit easier when you're inside and you've been through the trenches and you've done this kind of stuff and there's camaraderie, right? If somebody comes back to speak to the team, they're like, oh, this guy was in the league for 10 years. I mean, you know, he's won a couple of Super Bowls. He knows what it takes. I, you know, I me, mean, I'm nothing. You know, I'm some goofy little court jester come in there. So when you can do something that connects with, with the guy so much, and, you know, and I do that with the Raiders, I've done, I've spoken to the Raiders twice 
and they won both games. And one was against the Cardinals a few years ago. Hey, so what's up with that? I, I'm, a, I'm a mercenary. I'm a mercenary. <laughs> I do whatever, whatever was needed. You know, that, that, they, were, they were playing terribly. That was a couple of years ago. And I, I remember going. They were here in town, and that was, a, that was an in-season game, a regular season game. And you just you could feel you know you hear Gruden just swearing from the other room and just knock on wood if you're with me and there's <laughs> maybe a knock or two. Um, <laughs> I mean it was it was a down time. Yeah. And uh, the and I they won that game and uh, he's like I'm sending you a game ball man I'm like you're not <laughs> sending me a game ball. Three weeks later I get a game ball you know spray painted with everything I'm like all these linemen go through life and no matter who they are some right. somebody some people never get a game ball. Have Frank a Kelly and Frank, I have yeah. two now. I have two. <laughs> <laughs> He's sending you another game ball, man. So, you, so let me tell yeah. you that the other part okay, of it ahead, is. So then I coached flag football, okay. and Carson Kime, one of uh, one of Steve's kids, yeah. was on the team. He played with my son for a little bit. So, uh, and he would even text Gruden. He's you know during the game in a picture of me. I remember I had a backpack on, and Gruden's like, "They're not gonna win an effing game with that guy <laughs> coaching." So, um, you know, it's funny how you see because you don't think about. The relationships that go on in, you know, within professional sports, you think this GM probably hates this, but they can't. They can't. They have to be friends, right? right. Because then they can make deals. When they, if you don't like somebody, you're not making a deal sure. with them. And there's, I get this feeling by just a few of the GMs that I've met and some of the, you know, some of the execs that you know, there's a lot of people, people on the outside looking at how could they make that trade? That's the stupidest trade I've ever seen. But sometimes they position it's like, well, you do it this time, and then we'll figure something out. In the There's a lot of that kind of stuff. But the the um, the end result might be something different because you don't know who's going to last where. Sure. Know? So there's yeah, there's a lot of trust between these guys in making deals and things like that. I mean, so. Is it true that you called Steve Keim on draft day as John Gruden from like a different number? No, that was the Yahoo Sports took that. It was my own number, and I texted him. You know the memos thing in the app. Yeah, it's like it's hey, it's John, man. What do you say we trade? Make a good trade. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but it was like we'll trade up to number three. You trade for this, and then uh, we're all everybody's happy, man. Okay. And that got out. I think it was Dad Patrick or something like that that I took because Steve called in. Steve called in and he was talking about it, but people only heard parts of it that I called him as John Gruden, and then gotcha. they made up the rest of the story. That became like national news. Oh yeah, it was you. That, my, I, look, that's what I remember. I, as far as I knew, you actually called. Steve. Yeah, my dad. Yeah. My dad was texting me. Oh, I can't believe you messed up the draft. <laughs> you know, you know, I I didn't. He knew it was me. I would not mess with a friend in that situation and and do that type of thing. I mean. Something similar happened. Uh, what was that? What was the other thing that just happened recently? Oh, you know, the people blew it out of report. JJ Watt. I texted JJ Watt. I was like, "You should come here." You know, it was like because I've known him for years. He and his brothers all came out. I remember him making fun of me because I had, I was uh, really working on getting sh in shape at the time, and I was jogging a ton. And I bought these shoes. I'm five six, and I don't try to hide that. You know, I, I am. This is what except it is. for the heels you have on today. Well, I, the, the 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 shoes I was wearing literally <laughs> had like a they were runner shoes that I got at the store right down the street here from the facility. And they were an inch, inch and a half high that, that are like runner shoes that are really soft. And J.J. looked down and says, he's really compensating there, aren't you? <laughs> and his brother, and I, I Googled his brothers because they were still in college and yeah. even high school, I think. And I was like, you're the tight end. And he was like, and J.J.'s like, what, you're the, you've been Googling? I'm like, yeah, a little bit. You got to know who's coming. Because they were, I, we snuck J.J. Watt into the Riverside Theater in Milwaukee and nobody knew he was there. That's pretty good at the, you know, he was, 
Well, he, he was playing it with Houston at the time, obviously. And I'm from Madison. You are from Waukesha, Waukesha, outside yeah. Milwaukee, and, and JJ is from Pewaukee, right? Which is Waukesha County, which is one, you know, one. Uh, you know, so one you guys had that summer. connection, and yeah. then so he was with the Texans, and you he was back in Wisconsin, and you were performing there, and you. Yeah, he was just show. in town, and I, t- I tweeted at him something, and he was following me, and then I DM'd him, and then I, maybe we exchanged numbers or something like that. And You know, the, the more famous somebody is, the harder it is to n- get them to go somewhere or nail something down. Like, I've been around some super, super famous people, and they're like, I'll try to get there. I'll try to get there. And then you just go, they're not going to come. And he was one that did end up showing up. It's, a, it's a, one of those that's uh, – and I remember saying to him, I'm like – we we're talking about LeBron and how LeBron was the most famous, you know, probably the number one basketball player in the world. And this is right, but JJ's big, but he's not. Oh, LeBron is it, enormous. But, but I mean, JJ was not to where he was even that he was almost to the pinnacle of being one of the faces of the NFL, mm-hmm. but he wasn't quite there yet. And we we're talking. I'm like, you're famous, but you're, you know, we're, we're, I'm like, sure. you're you're not the 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 face of the NFL and like another year later too, he was just the face of the NFL. But I remember I was wearing a, I was wearing an Aaron Rodgers Jersey and uh, it was just so funny. He's like, nice Jersey. You know, he's just messing with me and stuff. I'm like, what do you want me to do? You want me to change it? Mr. <laughs> Mr. Wall, whatever you want, sir. So you, so you, you started comedy. How? Because you and I've talked, I didn't realize you were like a great basketball player. Well, that's because I wasn't really. Well, no. you just well, you told me you were. I, I lie a lot. Okay. Right. Um, no, I wasn't great. My friend played uh, like junior Olympic basketball and something like that. So I was around a lot of the basketball players, but I, I wasn't a great basketball player. So how did you start in comedy? Because so when I was growing up in Madison, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And I would go. I had a friend who performed. This was at age sixteen, so junior in high school, who would perform at one of the comedy clubs uh-huh. in downtown Madison. And on Tuesday nights, they'd have an open mic night, and he would get me in there comedy to do it on State State State. Yeah, on State Street yeah. in Madison. I was first. Of all, I was terrible. I think it was so Funny that, Business at the time. Funny uh, Business Comedy Club. I can't remember. Probably. But anyway, I was terrible. Right. Terrible. I, I could see. Yeah. <laughs> and so You're that's way too like, dry. You're way go, too dry. Go be a broadcaster. Just yeah. go do something else. But how did you start? Because it has to be one of the hardest businesses to succeed in. You've been relevant as a comedian for in and out. 20 years, though, plus. Um, that's hard to do, man. Well, a lot of it's because I stick my nose in sports. If there wasn't sports, probably be a little bit different of a story because it's hard to do sports comedy because – um, when I don't think of myself as a sports comedian, but people are like, funny sports comedian, or you're a great sports. And like, it just happens to be one of the things I do. And uh, the reason is because it's so funny to do analysts and you take them in everyday situations and just do what they do in broadcasting. Yeah. Um, so I went to school for broadcast journalism, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. I actually went to Parkside for a year, which is in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And I was going to play baseball there. But I was like, eh, you know, I'm never going to get anywhere playing baseball. It's Division Two, And a couple of my friends ended up even getting drafted and stuff like that. But uh, then I, tra- I, went, I transferred. I entered the transfer portal. <laughs> I went over to uh, University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and went to school for broadcast journalism. So I went and got that degree. And while I was doing that, I went, up, I went to a comedy sports class, um, which is, you know, improv comedy games. And they're like, these voices you do, 
you should do stand-up. And I was like, oh, I'll try it. Does that mean I'm not very good at this improv thing? They're like, well, it's just we could see the toolbox that you have that you could use. Uh, you know, as opposed to baseball player, I was a zero-tool player. Was it comedy sports? Because I tried that as well. Yeah, comedy sports yeah. was the improv yeah. Yeah, the group. So it was Very com- tough, very difficult. Yeah, you have to you have to learn how to play the games. And it's, yeah. there's a thing called yes and. So you take what it, you, you don't see people in, unless they're like super high level and they know each other. You don't see people asking questions in improv. They just take whatever's given to them and they say yes whether it's uh out loud or in, you know in, in internally and they agree to it and then move on so it moves it always moves the scene forward and that's one of the the, the things that makes it work um so I, I i did that a little bit and then i went and started doing stand-up and uh the stand-up thing just started to click i was actually i actually injured my back i missed like months of school and stuff like that and then i i got away from stand-up i graduated and then i got back out there and i just started working right away and then got on the college circuit and in the meantime i learned a bunch of different impressions that i worked on the madden thing when i was doing the john madden thing that's what really took off because nobody was doing stuff like that nobody would have you know a sports impression they go to a comedy club you go here's a guy when he puts his contacts in he can see better you know and then people be like oh my gosh you sound like john and i listen to my old john madden sound like here's a guy I'm like, it's just so bad and people are like it sounds exactly like it but then you know then you yeah you, you become more like the person and you, you try to say the things that they say and say them the way that they say them and then you add then you add the then you add the thing that makes them a character yeah, because there are people that do dead-on impressions better than me. There are quite a few. Like I, I see here these people that are in the industry that are soundalikes. I've never really wanted to be a soundalike. No, it's it's, it's more of a parody. But it right. is you sound enough alike. But it is right. more. Kind yeah, of it's a more fun, parody. and it's yeah. more fun. It becomes yeah. a character that you've right. created, as opposed to when you do a dead-on impression. All you can do is scenes that somebody has to be incredibly well written. I'm not that good of a writer, so uh, it's I just like to blow them up and make them sillier and bigger. I think I recall the story of Gruden getting upset initially, or he wasn't well, sure I don't how think, to react. Yeah, they, people are you? always. What happens is that people are always worried it's going to hurt their bottom line, so they're worried that Madison Avenue is going to see them and not want to do commercials with them or something. What happens is the opposite: that once you find a take for a person. They the the advertisers start watching what you do, and then they write the commercials for your take on the person. So, um, for example, Gruden he he would text me you know three o'clock in the morning, which I think is lunch uh, for him. <laughs> what time you get up? One a.m. Man, what time you go to bed? Five p.m. Uh, and he would text me. I just got done doing a commercial where they had me doing impersonation of you, man. And I was too scared to ask him what that meant. But I think it was the one where he's talking to the tire. And they probably said, be bigger, be more like right. Caliendo doing the impression of him. And, uh, you know, I, that, that's, that's, it becomes a good thing. Barkley said that, too. He's like, they, I end up making more money because people hear people like you doing this stuff. That's what, when they hear it, they know what to write. It's very, very good. So those things, those work. And it works in their favor. But people who are in sports, they get weirded out about it because a lot of times they're put on pedestals, especially coaches. Coaches are put on pedestals. And you know, listen, the guys' lives are on the, you know, dependent upon the coaches and trusting that they can, uh, you know, do their job. 
So, you know, when you're a lineman, you, I mean, it's dangerous. So you got to have somebody you can look up to and stuff like that. You can't have somebody, you know, they make fun. But again, it's the brother, the brotherhood and the camaraderie where they can make fun of guys. But you got to be careful with that kind of stuff. And I think there's a little bit of that in the sports stuff. People get weirded out that, hey, you're, you know, don't make fun of, you know, don't make fun of me. I got to have these guys listen to me. I got to be a leader of men. Is there anybody that ever gets like really upset with you has anybody ever said hey don't do that anymore have you ever had yourself nobody has ever talked to me but sometimes people won't look me in the eye it's ridiculous i don't get it and i'm not going to give a name but you could probably (laughs) figure it out how great is that see why wouldn't jim rome wait where'd you get that from (laughs) why wouldn't he like i would love it like if you said again it's it's the pedestal it's the pedestal. A lot of, you know, clones. He believes that, you know, people are looking up to him, I think. I've never I've never talked to him. I think he's great. I've You've always, never talked to him? Nope. He no. won't talk to you? He won't no, take your calls? No, he's looking the other way now. You know, it's <laughs> – I've never uh, – I wanted to because I – listen, I, when I was driving around doing colleges when I first started, that you just listen for things on the radio that – this is in the early 2000s, late 1990s, early 2000s. You just listened to for shows that uh, at the time were on every station. You, wherever you went, I could be in the middle of Virginia and Jim Rome would be on. Or I'd be driving in North Carolina or Texas, Jim Rome would be on somewhere. So you look listen for a familiar voice when you're out there on the road all by yourself. Um, but no, so, I mean, I don't know. People Madden hated me until I met him. So I have the same agent that John Madden has, Sandy Montag. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Who used to travel. And Barkley. Uh, and he used to travel with Madden. He was uh, like on the Madden bus for all those years, and and went from being like a stats guy basically to like one of the top agents mm-hmm. in the business. And I was asking, I, I told him that I was going to have you on, and he yeah. so I know Frank <laughs> <laughs> from probably those initial well, the meetings way, with John. Yeah, the way that I I only met John Madden once. I only met him once, and um, I, I tell the story in my act that, that he was he was uh, it was at the Super Bowl in Dallas, Texas, the Four Seasons Hotel. And um, I was working at Fox at the time, and he was standing in the lobby, and Jimmy Johnson's standing next to him, and I'm like, and he was talking, to, Madden was talking to kids, so I didn't want to bother him. I'm like, this is probably his family, it's grandkids, I don't want to bother him. And I'm, I say to Jimmy, I'm like, can you believe him this close to John Madden? He's like, what, you have met him? And he taps Madden on the shoulder, and he's like, what is it, Jimmy? And the look on his face when he saw, saw me was like when Shaggy and Scooby see the bad guy pop into the barrel, <laughs> like, zoinks, like, hey, Scoob, like, let's get out of here. Rut row. <laughs> But I made his grandkids laugh, and it, it was like a light bulb went on over his head. I was like, I get it now. you know. And I was like, hey, can I have – my father-in-law was there, and I, my kids. I'm like, can, can they get pictures? And he saw that I didn't dislike him. I, 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 I grew up listening to John. There's been nobody ever better at that than him. And the, what people don't understand when they listen to a broadcast is how hard it is uh, – and I don't want to take anything away from you as a play-by-play guy, but the color analyst is—it's very difficult because you have to have—you have to—you have to have a very short memory. It's almost like a quarterback. You can't use last week's game and stories that you used in last week's game as—you can tell that same thing. You might have to say the same stuff. You may have to talk about the same types of things you've talked about a thousand times because it's a different audience that's coming in. Yeah. And if you don't hit those moments, you look like you don't know what you're talking about, and you look like you're not hitting on a point of the game, right? Um, I saw somebody putting out, you know, memes of things that are always said, uh, you know, um, you know, stories that you always hear, 
uh, about the players or uh, God, I can't. Oh, that's one of my problems is I, I have zero recall ability for names. You would think with an impression, you know, when you do a bunch yeah. of voices, you can remember the names of people. You I can't? have none of it. No, I. Oh no, no, no. My my brain. You think Walton's bad? I'm just going. What's his name with the beard? Looks like Conor McGregor. Um, uh, Man, you got me. A f- quarterback. Uh, Harvard. Uh, oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Okay. Fitzpatrick. It's that's the story. It's always Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. He's a hard, he's gotcha. smart. He went. Okay. You know, you hear that every game, and there's a reason because they. It, some of us are watching all the games, but that's not who the main fan is, right? The main fan is watching their team. Right. They watch a game a week, so you have to hit on some of these things when that's the opposing player. I get people all the time on Twitter firing back at me like, "Man, are we going to hear again about this?" I'm like, "Well, you right. know, you've got to." Right, because I think usually they measure things based on like ten to twelve minute segments. You have a new audience basically every every ten to twelve minutes, so you right. have to repeat your stories. You did a game with Bill and I, or a portion of a game with Bill Walton. I wish I, I could have stayed there the whole game, and Bill wanted me to. I wish you would have too. It, it was great. Why did so, they want me out of there? Because we had to talk about basketball. You guys never talk about basketball. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was like I think maybe a ten minute set. I think it was a big game. It was like Oregon. Arizona it went viral. State. It went mini viral. I know. It was- so you've experienced that being in that chair, even though you oh. were. In there to impersonate Bill, you were also analyzing. Well, yeah, a little. You probably bit. actually did the game, talked about the game more than Bill. Yeah, he was. Remember what you said? He's like, this is the most Bill's ever talked about a game because he was actually trying to bring it back to more <laughs> <Yes>. about the <laughs> game because I was going off on crazy tangents. I'd actually done like a little bit of, uh, tried to do a little bit of color analysis or analyst, anal- yeah, um, in games years and years ago. I, I remember it was a Cubs Cardinals game that I tried to do something. I was like. I don't know. When did you hear that? That's what like something that? coming out of my stomach. <laughs> yeah, that was like okay. A, there was like a was that, an, that like a, like a like uh, I don't want to say gas bubble. That was like a gurgle that came from my sternum. Is that possible? I don't know if that was an impersonation or just your acid reflux. Wolf is in there. <laughs> Basin onions. <laughs> right. That sounded frog-like. So that 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 is what happens to your health when you keep doing Ron Wolfling impressions. I guess that was something, but that was, that was like, uh, that was guttural if I remember. <laughs> There's like a gas bubble in the middle of, it might not be having a heart attack right now. Like the super fans like, dear sweet heaven, what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, there's still more I want to get to about this. but oh, we haven't talked about anything yet. We haven't? No, not we, really. We, this has been like 22 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Um, uh, so Jim Omohundra, our producer, came up with this idea where we take some of the calls from the game this past mm-hmm. Sunday, the yep. win over the Rams, uh, where I'm talking and then Wolf talks. So it's a play-by-play call and then analysis, as you were just talking about what it's like to, to broadcast a game. And we want you to do it with different impressions. We'll start with one name, and I'm just going to throw out another name, okay. and you transition as we go. So yeah. the first one, you got the copy there? Yeah. Okay. First one is a Byron Murphy interception. Okay, so okay. why don't we start that as – Let's start it as Robert Downey Jr. Okay, so second and three, nine minutes to go in the first. When you're doing Robert Downey Jr., by the way, you've got to sound like you're burping halfway through every sentence. Um, maybe that gurgle will come back. It's a fake handoff. Rolling right is Stafford. Looking back to the left, throwing a deep ball. Far side for Deshaun Jackson, and it's picked off inside the 15-yard line. Al Pacino. It, it's Byron Murphy. He's tackled around the 12. Byron Murphy, the NFC Defensive Player of the Week, who had two picks last week, gets one here on Stafford in the first quarter. Okay, so now this is Wolf talking, so do it first as Wolf. 
<laughs> oh, Byron Murphy baited Matthew Stafford to throw that ball and then broke on the ball. What an unbelievable play from Byron Murphy. And slowly starting to turn into Jesse the Body Ventura. Baited Matthew Stafford to throw it. All right, and then Basinonians, <laughs> are you talking to me? All right, and then I have one line after that. Let's do that line of Shaq. Man, Murphy's playing like a pro bowler the first month of the season. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay, that's that's so good. All right, we need to come up with We need to find like 10 more of these. All right, so here is uh, A.J. Green, 41-yard touchdown catch against the Rams. Let's start that off as Bruce Arians. That's what I'm talking about. Dead at Murray and shotgun snapped a collar at a tiny little short set. See how I did that? That's a nice little call, that short set. But the little man right there, they're doing a great the, the word play by Dave Pash. Who knew he had it in him back there in Madison, Wisconsin? Moving it right a little bit. Little bit. You see what he does there? Short set, little bit. Now throwing deep far side and is pulled in at the five-yard line. Right. Hold <laughs> on, I got to grab myself a crown royal here, have a little sippy-dippy. Little sippy-dippy down. Right. Finish, finish the call is Jack Nicholson. Uh, by five-yard line by A.J. Green into the end zone for the touchdown. A.J. Green just too strong, too big, too athletic. <laughs> okay, now is Wolf to Tracy Morgan. Oh, what a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You got a scarecrow on a stick. Hold on, say that again, but say it as Morgan Freeman. What a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You've got a scarecrow on a stick. <laughs> Put it out there. Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. <laughs> okay. What does scarecrow on a stick mean? What does that mean? So Okay, so that's got to be like the scarecrow – What's well, Wolf said? Wolf said Scarecrow. Right, but that's what I'm trying yes. to figure out is what where his mind is. Is he in the middle of the poppies in the Wizard of Oz? What's <laughs> happening? <laughs> what what is you, going on here, Basinonians? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Just don't throw water on him. All right, so can you say you've got a Scarecrow on a stick uh, one more time in reference to, to A.J. Green, but can you do it as Liam Neeson? Let's, let's get there. What a great read by Kyler Murray to throw the ball. You've got a Scarecrow on a stick. <laughs> Put it out there. Let him go get it. That's exactly what A.J. Green did. <laughs> My head Yeah, those all, those all kind of oh, work. All uh, right. How about let's do a little play-by-play as uh, some analysts. So okay. let's do me on the Max Williams 14-yard touchdown catch. Let's start doing that as Mel Kuyper. Can you do that? Talk about tremendous snap. Snap to Kyler Murray. Tiny little athletic ability. High risk and high reward. Two things you don't usually see in each other. Three-step drop. I'm adding things because I get back to the copyright here. Three-step drop. The tiny little steps. Tiny little Kyler Murray taking little steps. Okay, hold on. The play's uh, over. Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, we're doing this in slow motion, actually. This is what's going on inside my head. Three-step drop. Lobs it deep to the middle of the end zone. Max Williams, double X on the X. Max, uh, single S on the Williams. Hangs it. Uh, he's a hit. Touchdown. Williams over the middle. Got popped. But Kyler Murray with a beautiful touchdown throw. And at the end of the day, the Cardinals are back in front. <laughs> okay. Let's do uh, Wolf's response as John Madden. I mean, I mean, what are you going to do when when Max Williams runs the seam on you? I mean, what a great read by Kyler Murray. I mean, that's Kyler Murray just being Kyler Murray right there. He saw what he needed to do, and boom. I mean, 
happened? He just made it happen. All right, can you do that again? Like the what are you going to do when Max Williams runs the seam on you? But can you do that as who have we not done yet? Uh, what do you want to do? Uh, you, uh, let's do let's do, do pick one. How, how about Belichick? Uh, Belichick? What are you going to do when Max Williams runs the seam on you? <sighs> What a great read by Kyler Murray. I'm ecstatic right now. This is, I'm just blowing my top. That's set. All right. How about um, – can we do Nance and Romo on one of these? Jim's going to kill me. Oh, Jim, what's going on here? This is incredible. What are you going to do? Max Williams runs the seam on you. What a great read. Kyler Murray's coming. It's here. going to be Tony. Here we go, jump. Tony. All I really say – I guess Nance likes the – somebody was talking to him about it because I can only do – Jim Nance, Jim Nance. That that's closer. Jim Nance. It's hard to do. Yeah, Jim. Yeah, he's but got he's got great, that because he's got that voice. beautiful, and he's got such. He paints pictures with the language, <laughs> but mine always turns into Adam West. I'll be like Jim Nance along with my pal Tony Romo to the Bat Cave, Robin. You know, it's always <laughs> that when, close. When you do Pat Summerall, the thing I pre- and I want you to do Pat. The thing I appreciate about your Pat Summerall is you call a game as Pat Summerall, like he would call a game, like. Which Perfect would never tempo. be allowed today. You could never, like, right. it, no matter where you work, and you have, like, 70 jobs, no matter where you work, could you say, to the 10, to the 5, touchdown. There's no way right. that's the whole call. Like, you've got it. Like, they want you, an executive to be like, fill some de- fill some <laughs> air. You know? Chris Berman once said to me, he goes, hey, hey you, know what, you know what they say, whatever you do, whatever you, whatever you do. Don't ever stop talking. <laughs> Your facial, the facial expressions that you do. <laughs> it always comes jazz scat. So would you believe if I told you that, uh, first of all, when did you uh, meet Bill Walton? When did, when did you first I did an event Bill? in San Diego. I don't remember what, remember what it was for. Maybe a charity event. And Bill was there. Um, and I said, and the people were like, Hey, you can do the bill impression, but, um, you know, he's here and his back is sore. And, uh, I was like, well, it's not, I don't do these things to be mean. I I do it to be silly. And I think he'll get it. So I start going to the bill. I remember being at Berkeley, blotches of beard not connecting on my face. I could smell colors. I could feel sounds. <laughs> Has there ever been a player better than Detlef Schrempf? Yeah, like 600,000. <laughs> but then from the back, I see a guy waving a towel. Hilarious! Continue this for the rest of the show. That's what you have to do. Unbelievable. So he totally got it. He had fun yeah. with it. I also saw him at, I think, I'm pretty sure he was at... Um, Jim Gray had a birthday party in Vegas, and it was the most famous group of sports people I'd ever seen in one room at the same time. Did you see who Jim Gray had, the two people he had with him at his Hall of Fame induction ceremony? Mm -mm. Larry Fitzgerald and Mike Tyson. Yeah. That's like two ends of the spectrum of this, personnel, but those are that Jim this, has the greatest Rolodex in This was even better because in the audience was Larry King, Dr. J, Muhammad Ali, um Bill Walton and there were a couple. I mean, but uh, it was so uh, and Jordan was supposed to be there, but I don't think they could get him away from the tables. Um, Stop. I mean, it was. I'm not even joking. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, there were like there were a crazy. I mean, it was unbelievable the people that were there. So somebody, uh, I'm not going to say the name because I, I I don't know that I should. But somebody wrote a book, and there's actually two books now called the Bill Walton Mysteries, and they are, <laughs> it is a 
So apparently, Bill and I, after we call games, we solve crimes. There's one set uh, in, I think, Seattle, and the other one's in Maui. And so this first one here is called hold on, the Bill hold Walton on. Mysteries Friend of the Devil. If uh, You may have to read a page or two in, in some different voices. Does he, wanna... does he have a uh... – are there parts where he's actually speaking? Or... Well, Oh, yeah. And there's there's – he has Bill, like, in the book, the character drinking beer, but Bill only drinks water. I'm, I'm serious. Like, Bill, water and hot water and more water and bring water. I'm in pharmaceuticals, Bill. That's what I said. Uh, so, but uh, it's a weird. It's um, I'm trying to figure I, out. I'm totally springing this on you last Yeah, second, I was just so trying like, to think if there was a spot where, you know, if you read it, I tried to shake hands with Fiddle, but he didn't notice. It was clear something was wrong. He said he couldn't talk with the other people around, so we brought him to the our dressing room. I'm not sure if that's Bill even talking at this point. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, I didn't yeah, know no, if you Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could read as Robert Downey Jr. and do the same type of thing before. It's You know, you do that. We do all the Avengers. I mean, pharmaceuticals, Bill, that's what I said. Tony, <laughs> I'm doing the old Avengers. I tried to shake hands with Phil, but he uh, he didn't notice. Thanks, Thor. What are we doing now, Tracy? Uh, that's what I, I want to clear. Something was wrong. He said he couldn't talk with the other people, so we went uh, and brought him to our dressing room. Right, Stephen A. That's a classic, like uh, thing that uh, old school impressionists would do. Introduce the next guy. Right, right, Stephen A. The linoleum floor, the fluorescent ceiling lights. What made <laughs> made uh, in in. <laughs> Innards, innards with with a with a with a hyphen. Why would we do that at that point in the book? Uh, of the arena feels surprisingly school-like. Uh, talk about it. Uh, we we walk past frame pictures documenting key uh, arenas, past glories, pictures of uh, uh, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, and other members of the legendary '90s Supersonics. Various uh, musical luminaries that performed here. Um, <laughs> luckily for me, or lucky for me, they were labeled Prince Bruce Springsteen, Nirvana, Macklemore, and Pearl Jam. <laughs> very good, very good. I tried my best. Uh, I, I just figured when you, this is so great because I imagine uh, just you be Shaggy and you ask, uh, "Hey Bill, would you do it for one Scooby snack?" <laughs> <laughs> so you go, "Hey Bill, would you do it for one Scooby snack?" Bill, would you do it for one Scooby Snack? No way. <laughs> Bill, would you do it for two Scooby Snacks? Not a chance. Like, would you do it for three Scooby Snacks and a triple-decker salami sandwich? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and a glass of water yeah, exactly. to, br- to bring it all down. It's all he ever has is water. Now, he might be doing something else outside of it. But, <laughs> but at least at, at, uh, at dinner. So before we get out of here, give me your thoughts on 4-0 for the Cardinals. Yeah, you know, listen – I'm uh, I'm I'm enthusiastic, but I don't want to get too enthusiastic because I always feel like I'm the one in the universe that if I get too on board and too gung ho for somebody, that I'm going to tilt the scale uh, and make it go backwards. So I think I think it's great. It's it, you, you wouldn't. Why would you want to be anything but four uh, Especially in the division they're in, uh, to beat the Rams is huge. Uh, the thing I worry about is. Kyler needs his legs and his arm, right? If one of those things goes down, like if you if Tom Brady has a sore leg, you don't really worry about it because he doesn't move that much anyways. It's like it, you know, the, you can do that. Kyler needs that whole package, and as small as he is, you worry about him getting you know smashed. Now, he seems to be eluding people incredibly well, and the baseball players like he and Russell Wilson have that ability to slide and anticipate when they need to slide. You look at somebody like Lamar Jackson, 
he looks more like a basketball point guard out there with some of the moves he does, and he takes some hits. He gets smashed. Kyler's trying not to get hit, and I think Lamar's trying to do that same thing. But for some reason, the baseball players have a little bit more of that ability to get down. If you look at a guy, um, uh, Herbert, like the, just the sheer size and bone structure of a guy like Justin Herbert or Matthew Stafford, I, you know, I've met some of the. I've never met Herbert, but Stafford. I did a thing at the Super Bowl in uh, Indianapolis years ago, and Matthew Stafford. He was only like his third year in the league or something, but he's a monster. Oh, yeah. I shook hands. I remember shaking hands with Boomer Esiason, and his hands were like the hands of a lineman. These are not normal sized human. How about beings. Troy Aikman? Aikman's massive. He's too. one of the biggest. Like, if people didn't know that he was a quarterback. You and don't, you didn't know who Troy yeah, Aikman because, was, you'd be And shot. one of the things about Troy is he's a block all the way down. I mean, he's a dapper human being. He looks like a model. But he's he's just a thick human being. He's like a – I'd say tree trunk, but that's going to make you think of as somebody shorter. But the, he's he's like a full-on tree. He's like the tree. And, the you know, the, the hair is the branches, I guess. But it's – you know, you see some of these people, and they you can understand why they can take the hits. Uh, Russell Wilson is not a small – you know, you compare a guy like Kyler and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a thick yeah. human being. Bigger shoulders, yeah. bigger hands. Yeah, he yep. almost looks like a weightlifter. Although, if you look at Ky- Kyler, lower body, pretty yeah, yeah. thick I and mean, strong. He's not a weak guy by any means. But I – I think this year, um, listen, I root, I'm rooting for them because I like ha- being friends with a GM, first of all. Uh, and I want to see Steve keep the job for a long time. Um, I, I, uh, I think that defensively, you know, they get after it this year. They feel more like a team. I feel like, I, and I think part of that's J.J. Watt. I think that's, uh, fr- I, I only, I, I don't hear much, you know, I don't ask a lot of questions of Steve and stuff like that. And I don't think he'd give me a lot of answers to information I'd want anyways. Um but I, the feeling I get that is that JJ, uh, that's a big part. I've even heard you guys on the broadcast say that JJ Watts brought in to be oh, yeah. a team guy, and I think that's, you know, that guy's just an animal. And when people, yeah. that's infectious. When you've got guys on your team that like that, that never stop, the motor never stops. Uh, you know, what do they say in the NFL? You know, there's and all sports. There are people that play the game because they have to play the game, and it gives them a good check. And there are people that play the game. You have to when it's when they draft somebody. That's why they say you have to love the game. It's a hard game. It's a very difficult game because the next day you have to wake up and deal with just uh, Howie Long used to say, you go into a closet and it's like somebody can beat you with a baseball bat for two hours and then you got to come out of the closet and uh, and deal with that. And, and that's when they wanted to add the game. He's like, you. That's why right, players didn't want to add. You got to do a seventeenth yeah. game. I remember Howie talking about that five or six years ago, and that was an and that was his analogy about it. it might even been ten years ago at this point, but that was his analogy. Because I was saying, why is one game so much bigger? He goes, you don't understand the stuff that people go through in these games just to get back to play the next week. Right, and that's why the fact the Cardinals are four and zero, it's great right now. They're the only unbeaten team in the NFL, but we've got a ways and to go. Gonna, they, and there's going to be adversity, be, and there's going to be losses, and injuries play. You, yeah, you don't know. DeAndre Hopkins, some of the stuff that that man does, the pivoting that he does, he will make a catch, make a step pivot do a reverse pivot that i don't see many people like he's got moves that that aren't like anything anybody else does he's one of the best route runners in the history of the league right there's just things he yeah and not just yeah the route and the after the after the catch the weird things that he will do that you imagine you know when you watch somebody make a cut 
they're usually making a cut while going forward. He will actually stop and pivot and turn around, and you're going, I don't think I've seen anybody do that. I mean, A.J. Green, uh, AJ, A.J. Green has been a huge addition to the team this year. Christian Kirk making big catches. And then uh, Rondale Moore. I mean, it's like Kyler Murray throwing almost a Kyler Murray sometimes. That's that's fun. I mean, they're just fun to watch offensively. Uh, I don't know what what people are going to do to figure out um, how to stop them because they're it's it's. I, I, listen, I don't want to comp- compare them directly to the Chiefs because you know I, Mahomes was at, and Mahomes is struggling right now even. But you know when he had all his weapons, especially two years ago. Who do you stop? Can you do Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, man, I think that's that's a pretty good one. You know, it comes from it, people say Kermit the Frog. It's more Fozzie Bear. Waka waka waka. It's in there. But <laughs> hey, man, I think that's pretty good. You to know? your point, though, there are some things that Kyler can do that Patrick Mahomes can't. And there have yeah. been there are flaws on that Chiefs team. Yet two consecutive Super Bowl appearances. What I'm saying is. The Cardinals certainly have flaws. There are things they need to clean up. But if Kyler Murray keeps playing like this, the ascension that he is on right now, if he continues to play like this. I worry about a young guy getting too big of a head because he's so good. It's hard. to You start to feel like you're invincible. I my, worry about that. My, my only thought on that was, my point on, on the ascension is, if he keeps going like this, I think the sky's the limit. Oh, because yeah, I do, I do you too. can cover up any – I mean, yeah, but, but he's, he, what he can do – because I, I name another guy, and maybe Russell Wilson. Although Russell Wilson is not as he's not quite as quick, um, but he's quick. I remember you know watching them just give uh, the Seahawks just give fits to the the Cardinals. With you know you just you think Russell Wilson's about to be tackled, and he runs three different directions, and then his eyes are up the field. That's the thing about Kyler, tiny little Kyler Murray. That's the thing about Kyler is his eyes stay up the field. He's not looking to run. He can he can navigate. It's like he's playing a video game. I know they say that, you know, video game play, but it's like he's looking at the screen in front of him and he's just he's playing it while he's watching everything in front of him and he will make the moves and he's watching things develop. You can't cover. You cannot cover DeAndre Hopkins, uh AJ Green, Rondell Moore and Christian Kirk. For a long or period Max of Williams time. down Max the seam. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. You gotta, so. you, you, they're getting tight end. That's why I said to you, hey, end of the season, bring Fitz back and have him run some tight end routes. And you <laughs> laughed at me. I'm like, listen, why not? Why would you not bring Fitz back near the end of the season? <laughs> I didn't for, say I wouldn't bring him back. I'm no, not sure he wants to come back. Well, listen, if, if it's a chance to get a Super Bowl, you Maybe. know. Maybe. I mean, it, I, I, I'd look at that. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean. If you, if well, you, maybe you can convince them. I'll talk. Yeah, I've got JJ, Stay on I brought JJ Watt here. But I mean, you, you look at. I mean, who? How are you going to keep those guys covered? That's yeah. the thing about Kyler. And I say, you know, uh, he moves around so much. He finds the open guys. Who else can do that at that level? I don't know. I, I I don't think Lamar Jackson can can do that. I think Lamar Jackson his head goes down and sometimes he keeps it up and he makes a good de- a decent throw. Kyler's looking for the throw the whole time. His legs are spinning like the Roadrunner, man. That was a little Gruden there. See, you know, tell you what, man, they just happen. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'll bet there are some times where you don't even realize it, where you as Frank Caliendo becomes one of your characters. Well, without it's, even it's not. Knowing it's, it. it's it's. I think it's. I think it's actually the reverse. That there's a piece of me in every character that I do. And uh, they kind of do meld, but it's it's a thing where people will hear. Uh, they'll be like, "You sound like Jack Nicholson." I'm just that's because I'm just talking at this. Th- that was actually Belichick. Is if I'm a little quieter like this, it's Bill Belichick. And then if you're just doing a little of this, it's Jack. And if you 
force it out a little bit more it becomes John Gruden, man. Again, the facial, and this is an audio podcast, but the facial expressions are what? Spider to why banana cream pie, man. <laughs> all right, lastly, tell everybody all the stuff you're doing, what you got coming up, where we can check out all of your great stuff. Caliendocast, uh, com. Uh, frankonstage.com for all the live dates. Uh, and that's about it. Uh, I've got a few other things that are in the hopper, so to speak, but um, nothing right now that, uh, that I'm able to talk about. I'm not coming. Okay. The, not going to be in the Phoenix area anytime soon. I know people listen to you all over the universe. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. But um, hey, you're apparently our biggest fan. You're, you're retweeting and liking like every past oh, yeah. pod. I'm the one who tries to make you uh, that 45 <laughs> cents extra a week. Uh, in downloads, um, yeah, no, we're friends. I think it's yeah, great. I, I try it. to help out, uh, you know, people that help me out and are are there when I'm doing something. I think it's great to to reciprocate that. No, but uh, I'm trying it, to think. Yeah, I'm I'm going to Irvine. I'm going to do uh, I'm doing a, just a couple of shows in Irvine and Oxnard in California at the end of the month. Like I said, FrankOnStage.com for that. And there's there's some other TV stuff that uh, is real close right now that okay. might be happening soon. So okay. let's see what, the, what goes on with that. When you know and it's public, let us know so we can make sure to yeah, definitely. put it out there. Uh, any other impressions that you're working on, like people that you've never done that you're starting to kind of practice to, well, to get out always, there? Well, always. I mean, that's always. There's, you know, I was doing a little bit of a Dan Campbell you know, the thing is, I, I'm rooting for Dan Campbell because it's tough in that line. But it, it ended up sounding kind of like Super Dave, but or Matt Foley, the motivational speaker. You know, we're we're gonna we're gonna knock it. We're gonna knock their uh, we're gonna knock their kneecaps off, and we get their kneecaps cut off. We're gonna bring them back up. We're gonna <laughs> knock them down again. You know, so it's that. But it's fun to make them more characters. Um, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else, really. Little bits here and there. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm 30% to figuring out Peyton Manning. And it comes for the wor- from the word weird. He says weird. He said, I can't do it right now probably because I'm too hyped up. But uh, but he's like, Eli, what's that? It's kind of weird. Kind of weird. It's in there. <laughs> he's like, what's with that sweater you're wearing? It's kind of weird. <clears throat> I can't get it right now. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's, I got a bubble in my throat. It's probably that gurgle trying to come back out. Listen, man, I, I appreciate you coming in to do this, and yeah. uh, thanks again, man. You're you're the best at what you do. And, you're right. Uh, you're so true. <laughs> and I want you to come on anytime you want. Yeah, so. I'd love to come back. And the podcast that I do, you know, it's me and John Holmberg, who's local yep. here. Yep. And uh, he's brilliant. He's unbelievable. And uh, like he's 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 like me if I didn't have a sen- if, if if I didn't censor myself constantly. So uh, can you close this out with like whoever you want? saying um, thanks for listening to the Dave Pash podcast. Uh, we are presented by BetMGM. Do you have it written down? Give me Sort a, of. I, like it's, I might it's, have told it's you my brain great. doesn't work. All right, so BetMGM, I don't know if you can remember, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. What? And, is, that's not English. <laughs> and feel free to, like, mix it up and do whatever. I can't read any of that. <laughs> All I know <laughs> BetMGM. It's crazy. The official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, you think of all the things you could do, but you got to bet with these guys. <laughs> Gila River. I mean, I don't know if I say Gila or Gila. You know, Pat, I believe you pronounce it with the H sound. <laughs> Gila? 
Kayla, I mean, it says a Jeep, but it doesn't have a G. I mean, <laughs> Kayla River Hotels and Casinos. I tell you what, man, it's tremendous. I love these guys, Bet MGM. I don't know if they're our guys, but they're your guys, and they're going to be everybody's guys pretty soon, man. It's pretty good right there. Tremendous job. So as Frank said, we are presented by BetMGM, the official sports betting partner of the Arizona Cardinals and Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Thanks again to comedian Frank Caliendo. You can follow us on Twitter at PashPod for updates on the Dave Pash Podcast. The Cardinals try to go to 5-0 Sunday when they host the 49ers. We'll talk to you then and also next week on the Dave Pash Podcast.